God doesn't owe us salvation for something we have done. He gives us salvation despite everything we have done. The most obvious lesson in the parable is God gives the same abundant grace to everyone who follows Christ. Welcome to the Parable Podcast. Thanks for joining Family Life on your host, Randy Snavely, as he digs into the story lessons taught by the world's greatest teacher, Jesus. In this episode, it's part two of That Doesn't Seem Fair, taken from chapter 20 of the Gospel of Matthew. We are looking at the parable Jesus told in Matthew 20, verses 1 through 15. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. Now when he had agreed with the laborers for a denarius a day, he sent them into his vineyard, and he went out about the third hour and saw others standing idle in the marketplace and said to them, You also go into the vineyard, and whatever is right I will give you. So they went. Again he went out about the sixth hour and the ninth hour and did likewise. At about the eleventh hour he went out and found others standing idle and said to them, Why have you been standing here idle all day? They said to him, Because no one hired us. He said to them, You also go into the vineyard, and whatever is right you will receive. So when evening had come, the owner of the vineyard said to his steward, Call the laborers and give them their wages, beginning with the last to the first. And when those came who were hired about the eleventh hour, they each received a denarius. But when the first came, they supposed that they would receive more, and they likewise received each a denarius. And when they had received it, they complained against the landowner, saying, These last men have worked only one hour, and you made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the heat of the day. But he answered one of them and said, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what is yours and go your way. I wish to give to this last man the same as to you. Is it not lawful for me to do what I wish with my own things? Or is your eye evil because I am good? Now Jesus tells this parable to challenge his disciples and us to see things in a new way. God is the landowner and we are the workers. He wants us to weigh things on the scales of heavenly worth instead of earthly value. He has just finished telling them about the rich young ruler in Matthew 19 who refused to give up his wealth to enter the kingdom of heaven. Jesus exposed the fact that the young ruler loved his possessions more than he loved God. His problem was not that he possessed wealth, but that wealth possessed him. He would not give up his wealth to take hold of eternal life offered to him, and he went away grieving. The disciples are stunned. Wealth was often a sign of divine approval, and when Jesus said, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God, it really threw them. They ask, well, who then can be saved? They are flabbergasted. However, Peter was still stuck on what Jesus had said to the rich young ruler about getting treasures in heaven. He said, we have given up everything to follow you. So what are we going to get? 
He wanted some assurance that their sacrifice wasn't all for naught. They were like the 6 a.m. workers. They were the first ones to follow Jesus and had been working for him for almost three years now. Undoubtedly, all of them were thinking, we deserve special benefits. And we know that's true by the arguments they had later on as they jockeyed for position in the kingdom. Will we get to sit at your right hand? Well, Jesus assures them that they indeed will have places of honor in the kingdom. But so will everyone else who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children for my name's sake. Then Jesus tells the seemingly unfair parable. You are listening to Family Life's Parable Podcast, That Doesn't Seem Fair, Part 2. It's taken from Matthew chapter 20, verses 1 through 15. The first lesson we are to glean from this parable is that salvation is not earned. Eternal life is a gift. David Platt said, God doesn't owe us salvation for something we have done. He gives us salvation despite everything we have done. The most obvious lesson in the parable is God gives the same abundant grace to everyone who follows Christ. Those who have been serving him for most of their lives get the same grace as those who are saved just before they slip into eternity. And if you think that's not fair, well, be thankful God isn't fair to us in that way. Economics says you get paid what you deserve. Kingdomnomics says you get paid what you need, not what you deserve. I don't think I've ever heard anyone gripe about God showing favor to them. I mean, think about it. You don't hear someone say, God, it's not fair that you have given me this free gift of salvation. I don't deserve it. I've never heard that from anyone. But when God showers his blessings on someone else, sometimes we grumble. Klein Snodgrass said, We worry about justice, but too often we dress up as justice what is in reality jealousy. Or we use justice as a weapon to limit generosity. The landowner reminds the workers he has indeed treated them justly since he has given them exactly what he agreed to give them. He also points out that he has the right to do with his own money whatever he wishes. And he confronts the complainers with what their true motivation is. Envy. When he asks, Or is your eye evil because I am good? The reference to evil eye is an Old Testament metaphor for envy or greed. And you can find that in Deuteronomy 15.9 and Proverbs 28.22. In the parable, it is God who initiates salvation. The landowner goes out to find the workers to bring into his vineyard. He seeks us out. Our salvation is entirely his work. He chooses to show mercy to whomever he chooses. And just like the landowner hired people at different times, 
God saves people at different stages of life. All the workers were needy. That's why they were looking for work. God's sovereignty determines both when and whom he will call. But all those called know they are needy and they are willing to work. Rees Howell was a Welsh coal miner who became a revival preacher. He had a heart to serve his Lord. And every day after a long 12-hour shift in the mines, he would walk two miles to lead a Bible study in a neighboring village, then return home to sleep. One night he came home in a downpour, completely soaked. When his father saw him, he said, I wouldn't have walked there and back tonight for 20 pounds. Neither would I, answered Rees quietly. You see, money wasn't his motive. People like that don't serve for wages. They willingly work for their Savior because of their love and gratitude for being given more than what they deserve. Another lesson we can learn from this parable is that God keeps his promises. He gave exactly what he said he would give to the first group of workers, and he was more than generous to the other groups. John MacArthur said, God never gives less than he promises, and often he gives far more abundantly beyond that we ask or think. Missionary Hudson Taylor said, Our Heavenly Father is a very experienced one. He knows very well that his children wake up with a good appetite every morning. He sustained three million Israelites in the wilderness for 40 years. Now, we do not expect he will send three million missionaries to China, but if he did, he would have ample means to sustain them all. Depend on it. God's work, done in God's way, will never lack God's supply. been the Parable Podcast with Randy Snavely. Click the subscribe button so you'll know when new episodes are released. And be sure to check out Family Life's other original podcasts, including If That Makes Sense, Business by the Book, and Rise Up with Steve, Therese, and Tim. Family Life is a listener-supported ministry. Your partnership makes podcasts like this possible. Find out more at familylife.org.